everyone. Welcome back to Lash Boss Radio. I'm Shelby, your host. And today we're going to talk about a super important metric that you should be tracking in your business, whether you are a solo artist or within a team or you own a salon. This metric is client retention. So we're going to break down returning client retention versus first-time client retention and talk about how you can make that number go up and what that can do for your business. So first, I want to start by defining what those terms mean. So exactly how it sounds, first-time client retention would be the number of clients or the percentage of clients that return to your business after visiting for the first time within 90 days from that appointment. Returning client retention would be returning clients and their percentage of uh, returning after their second visit. So tracking this number is very important because it tells you a story. If you have really low first-time client retention, something might be going on internally that is turning clients off. I'm actually going to have a episode dedicated to client turnoffs. So stay tuned for that. So when we track these numbers on a monthly basis, we're able to catch things like this and start implementing ways that we can see um, if that changes the number. So the interesting thing about client retention is that you don't see it until later because it tracks over 90 days. I actually view our client retention within the salon at two months just because I'm curious if those people are coming back for a lash lift or lash extension since those are the only services we offer and we all know those should be returning within two months. I want to really quickly get into what the average is in the beauty industry. What I've gathered is that depending on who you're talking to, it's listed between 25 to 40 percent for first-time client retention. Returning client retention is typically much higher, usually in like the 62 to 80 percent. What would be amazing is getting above 50% for first-time client retention and above 80% for returning client retention. 50% of first-time clients staying in your business as long-term clients, you'll still see a lot of growth year over year or even month over month because those clients are then integrated into your clientele and they become returning clients. And as we know, it's typically easy to keep a client once there's a connection made, once they feel like they trust you. So returning clients are a lot easier to keep going than that first-time client. So what can we be doing to make that first experience better? When I see a number like 50 to 60% of first-time clients coming back, my brain automatically is like, okay, well, that means 50 or 40% are not coming back. And I start wondering, like, why are half of the people not wanting to come back? Um, what can we do to change that? What are those people experiencing that they'd rather try somewhere else out? And typically, it has something to do with they did not receive what they expected to receive. And so when we started focusing on the client experience, we started to see that number shift and that number start to climb up. When we started focusing on um, team building and communication within our team and implementing systems, that number went up drastically. 
So it wasn't always as high as it is now, but it definitely, um, I can tell what had an effect on it. You can actually see how much it has changed month over month within the last four years. Um, our first time client retention used to be between 40 and 50%, and now it's typically 60 and up. It's still not where we want it to be. So I will be honest and, and share that with you um, that we're, we're hoping that to get into the, to, oh my gosh, sorry. So I'll be honest with you and share that I'd really love to see 70% or higher. I'd love to see that. Um, and that's what we're working on. We're, we're always growing. We're always trying to get better and improve. Returning client retention, I'm extremely proud of in my company because that is always above 80%. And usually it's actually above 85%, which 85% should be like the sweet spot just because, um, most people, uh, leaders in business will, will share that um, it's normal to expect some level of attrition, meaning clients that don't return. So if it was like 30% or more, that is kind of damaging to the company because if your retention rate for new clients isn't like feeding those returning clients that are not coming back or new clients that are not coming back too – then you're actually losing clients every month. And that is terrible. You should you should really be looking at these numbers to make sure that that's not happening. So they say that you should account for 15% of clients not returning. So 15% attrition is normal across most industries. And this is because they are accounting for clients that are moving. They're accounting for maybe somebody has lost their job and um, – is cutting down on finances. Maybe their best friend just started doing that service and whatever it looks like. Um, so about 15% is normal and to be expected. It's not typically ex like talked about that you should be shooting for like 100% retention. That'd be super nice. But realistically, it's normal to see a little bit of clients like dropping off. And the thing is, a lot of times they come back. So when they move back to the area, when they do get another job, um, if they actually weren't wowed with the place right down their street that they're trying out because it's closer, they'll come back to the place that they know that they loved that experience. So we we love to keep track of this. We also have a setting in our um, softwares typically that um, you can make a client not factored into retention. And this is typically called a transient client. If you're not sure of where this setting is in your booking software, you can try calling your customer service and see if they have a setting like this. But say somebody comes in from out of town and they literally flew in and they were here for the weekend and they went to a concert and they got their lashes done, you can actually make them an out-of-towner or a transient client so that you're not looking at, you know that the numbers that you're looking at are pretty true. So here are some ways that you can help your client retention improve. First is, like I said earlier or mentioned earlier, improving the client experience. I have so many episodes where I talk about the client's experience and what is the client feeling and what is the client's perspective because when we're not thinking about that, we're a lot of times thinking it's about us. So some things you might be doing um, 
would be like emotional dumping on your clients, making the appointment about you, not giving them space to tell you whether they really like their lashes or not. So if you are leading throughout the appointment, they haven't seen their lashes yet, but you are getting so excited about the art you're creating and you're telling them how great they look and how happy they're going to be, if it's not exactly what they wanted, they're not going to feel comfortable sharing that with you because now they're scared to hurt your feelings because you were so excited. It's actually a trait I find a lot of people have where they don't tell the truth. They're afraid to say it to someone's face that they're unhappy. Um, Some people will even say that everything was great and then write a review. There's ways that we can help this from happening. And I know that's possible because we've had so many um, clients come in to Pink Lady Lash and we have a five-star rating on all of the platforms. So I know it's possible to communicate enough to where the client does feel safe and comfortable to share what they really think with you versus strangers on the internet. I think that a lot of times we we forget that it's actually about them. And so when they come in, they want it to be about them. They actually want to be asked first thing about their lashes and how they did and how they lasted and how they liked the curl and the length and the shaping. Do they want to change anything? And just be super neutral to it because really it's easy fixes and changes. um, And we should make them feel like, yeah, no problem. We can play around with a lot of different styles. I know how to do many things. I'm a professional. Like that's what it's saying versus if you do one style on them, and you don't allow them the space to share their true thoughts about it through your energy, through some of the words you're saying, even like the way, how confident you feel about the work if they're not equally excited, um, they can possibly have the thought that you don't, you're not open to doing anything else or maybe don't know how to do anything else. And so they will try somebody else before just telling you that they want to change something. That happens so much. Um, And the barrier to entry to a different place is very low. They just have to find a place that is willing to work on new client fills or foreign fills, whatever you want to call it. And this brings me to my next point. So typically when usually in the lash industry, people have either a no foreign fill policy or they do them. And I've tried everything in between. We do work on fills from other places. I find that those people are typically really great long-term clients because if you handle them correctly or you handle those situations correctly, you can really win someone over or give them what they were seeking in their first appointment. They also might come with more knowledge, like I had this done and this is what I didn't like about it and it gives you a better opportunity to get it right. You have to handle those situations a specific way, though, because I've had sometimes where people come in and they're requesting a link that I wouldn't recommend. I don't even think we carried it at the time. They asked for like 17s. And if you use those sizes yourself, that's great. But we didn't. And so I let her know that. And she said that she appreciated my honesty and that she didn't have to like waste her time laying down and paying for a service that she probably wouldn't like anyways. I educated her on the state of her lashes. She had a ton of stickies, a lot of glue, and, like, really stubby lashes. Um, So I did recommend that, like, 
we kind of rehab her lashes, get on a lash serum, and then, you know, go from there. Um, we talked about the difference of length and fullness and um, why she prefers, you know, the length. And I really got to get to know, like, this lady and her desires, and it, we just weren't a good fit. That interaction was just a positive one. It didn't have to be, like, ugly um, on either side, and it was just two people communicating and educating each other about what each other thinks. And had I just said, like, yeah, yeah, come in, like, lay down and just thrown, like, 15s or lower on her, like, that would be, that would probably disappoint her. And then what happens from that point? She doesn't come back. And so these type of little things, like little scenarios, I think of in detail how those things should be handled and what would yield a better outcome. So all of this to say, new client fills actually yield a pretty long, um, a long-term relationship with you or the business. Um, because if you handle it without shaming them or judgment and just like open communication and just really trying to get to know what they liked and didn't like about the last set, do they like your work and what do they like about it? Typically, those people feel very seen and heard and taken care of, and that person is likely to stay. Also, no judgment on you if you don't want to offer new client fills. That's okay, too. You don't have to do that. It's your decision, um, and you're free to set boundaries for your for yourself. But make that clear on your website. Um, and yeah, either way that you choose is is great. I've done pretty much every scenario we've done, like you must book a consultation before we book you. I've done the, you, there's a service for this and it's just um, more expensive and a longer appointment. You, you're free to book it whenever. Um, I've done all of that. So we've also tried like not doing them and I, that doesn't feel right. I felt like whenever I worked by myself, I saw a lot of people that would come in um, after seeing like my rehab work on Instagram. I know that Nowadays, like people don't um, always agree with like sharing like not my work, this is my work type of post. But in the beginning, it actually was pretty popular like 10 years ago to do that. And I would try to do it without like shaming or bashing another artist or anything, but more coming from a place of like education and um, just showing the difference of what your lashes can look like, even going from like super, super long and um, thick diameters to thinner diameters and a little shorter and it ends up looking more full and people start to see like oh actually it's not that I need this length it's more that I'm just looking for like darkness oh this shape actually looks better with my eye so some people just can't see that without like looking at a comparison um, so not necessarily saying you should do the same thing, but um, even just posting pictures of your work with an educational caption on why you styled it the way that you did can do the same thing without feeling like you're putting down someone else's work. So anyway, this was 10 years ago, but things have changed. Something that doesn't yield long-term relationships would be discounting your services a lot. Um, people that come in as free models or a discounted full set will typically not rebook. Or I have noticed this, um, they'll rebook just to like pacify you and then they'll end up canceling the appointment for whatever reason. 
Um, and typically that is because you are targeting people that are getting lashes because they're priced lower or even free. So if you're going to do somebody for free, make sure you're getting something out of it like content. So you need to take a plenty of pictures and videos. I support that 100% or it's for like you actually getting practice on a new technique, taking photos and, and stuff like that. If it's just for the benefit of hoping that they rebook, it's super unlikely that they will come back. So if you feel like you're not getting enough clients in the door, first of all, you got to really look at what you're doing to the clients you do have and the messaging that you're posting on socials and your website. Because you got to fix what's going on in there before you expect like to just have a ton of clients. Word of mouth is a huge thing. Um, and also, if you get a client in and they don't experience what they expected, they're probably not coming back. So um, just be um, just be aware of that. I also want to address that typically just long term client relationships are filled with like the client feeling seen and heard. I know I mentioned that earlier, but when the client feels like you are listening to what they want and um, you're doing what, you know, is best for them or compromising in some way for them, like say in a scenario where you don't agree with what the client wants, is there a way y'all can compromise? So um yeah, when they when they feel like they can communicate to you and they can be honest with you with things that they want changed, that's a really healthy client relationship. When the client starts feeling like it's all about um, you just making money only and it's not really about them, you might look like flustered at work or in a rush or just like kind of annoyed that they showed up a few minutes early or something like that. Like those type of things don't make people feel good. So it's about the energy you bring into work. If you feel like you're burnt out and you're not able to give that to everyone, it's going to affect your business and you may as well just cut your hours yourself um, or your clients will do it for you by not returning. So um, make sure that you're able to show up as your best artist when you see a client because it matters about their overall impression of you. First time impressions are extremely important for first time clients, obviously. So if you come across as like this really bubbly place and like um, and everything and they come in and your energy does not match that, they maybe it's just a little jolt of like, OK, like, are we good? And so I think um, just how we communicate, how we treat people, how professional we are. I don't support the texting clients and saying, hey, girl or hey, babe no pet names for clients. It's very hard to implement policies with clients later because you decide to one day be a professional. If you're going to work in this industry, in the beauty industry, you are a professional. So you should act like one from day one with all of your clients. And again, you want to make it about them. You don't dump your weekend plans and your life on your clients. If they ask you something, tell them as much as you feel it comfortable and but be aware of the equality of like the conversation and make sure that they're getting more out of it than you are some people don't want to talk too I had a I had um, a hairstylist at one point that the second I would sit down she would just start talking about her life and it would typically be negative and 
I'm not going to say I, I didn't like care about it, but I actually wanted to tell her that I wanted to change the color in my hair and I didn't feel like she was already mixing the color and just talking about, you know, catching up. And I felt like we were like close, but I'm paying her for a service and I want to get that service done. So I really like going to a place where I feel taken care of and pampered and this is my me time. So let us not forget that this is the client's time. You're at work. And sometimes um, those lines get blurred when we start being unprofessional in ways like texting, canceling on our clients, um, talking poorly about other people or being negative in any way, not asking them enough about their service and what you're providing them and if um, they want to share anything about their weekend plans or something. So those type of things mostly centered around communication is um, very productive for improving client retention. Other things that might contribute to this is just um, how cozy your space is. Does it feel like home to them or is it a little too chaotic? Some people love that and some people don't. So whatever your vibe is and the message you want to put off, you'll find those clients that are attracted to you. You don't have to retain everyone because you may not want to. Maybe you don't vibe with a client and yeah, we discover that um, people aren't for us and that's that's okay. But um, overall, I just think um, thinking about the client's perspective in whatever way that looks like and actually applying the lessons that you learn from people you have lost, those are really big lessons. Being self-aware and open to growth and learning those are really good qualities to have um, when in this industry. So that wraps up this episode. I hope you learned something. If you have any questions, feel free to DM me at Shelby the Lash Boss on Instagram. If you didn't notice, I changed the Lash Boss Radio account to that. Um, but yeah, feel free to reach out anytime. Thank you so much for tuning in today, and I'll be back with the next episode very soon. Mm-hmm.